Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hey everyone, this is Allison Kay, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Disruptive CEO Nation. We are talking to a really incredible and interesting guest who has a motto of we build the future. So we're gonna talk a lot about technology and the future, but what I absolutely love about his story, he's a company founder that has built an organization that has over 300 full-time staff all over the world. So I wanna learn more about that. But also, I think he's just got great insight as being a business founder, owner, operator, and all of this stuff that we can talk about as we explore technology. So please join me in welcoming Alejandro to the show. Alejandro, introduce yourself to the Disruptive CEO Nation audience. Uh, absolutely, and thank you so much for having, for having me here. It's, it's a pleasure and an honor. So, um, you know, to keep uh, everything brief, uh, I'm, I'm the founder and CEO of Shockworks, as you mentioned. Um, you know, I've been an entrepreneur, I'm 30 years old. I've been an entrepreneur for probably most of my life, if not half, um, you know, starting different uh, companies, started off in financial services, um, then went into different aspects of technology, but approaching it through the sales and finance side. So uh, spun up a, an IP fund. Uh, patent funds, which, you know, we, we, we did well and we were able to, to raise quite a bit of money by inverting the traditional model, you know, instead of having patent trolls uh, sue people and license or patents, we would build uh, operating companies around it. Unfortunately, where we found shortcomings was in delivery. So an actual product building, uh, design, the execution aspect, because I was, uh, you know, kind of forced to partner with people that I thought were good at that, but they're probably a little more focused on you know, siphoning fees rather than creating business value. So as a result, I moved down to South America for about two years, built uh, my team from scratch. Initially, it started as kind of a, you know, a, a matter of need and that scaled up to a situation where we inverted the model, focused on partnership, got uh, very interesting brand deals. We started in South America, you know, in Colombia with the national team, then in Ecuador, then in Mexico with Liga Max, then Fox Sports. And eventually, you know, we uh, started working with Real Madrid, Barcelona, PSG, Manchester City. Then that, uh, you know, we were able to really get to know their audience. And as a result of those uh, revenues and cash flows, we started creating a venture studio. So we would co-invest in kind, cost plus, um, with startups in a myriad of fields. What we'd want are, you know, founders that are domain experts in a given field that is analog and we can bring efficiencies or disruption through technology, partner with them and actually create very interesting concepts. So everything from digitizing physical gold uh, on the blockchain all the way to VR based training um, for skills and safety, um, payments, uh, you name it, uh, even now second screen gaming, uh, skills gaming. So that's, uh, that's, that's what we do in a nutshell. We've reached a point where we have 32 portfolio companies and about 300 full-time employees. 
So Alejandro, I just, I'm sitting here smiling because you make it sound so easy. It just like rolls off. It's, it's, it just all magically happened. And, and so for our listening audience, I do always like you to know the website for the individual that we're speaking to. And it is Shockworks, S-H-O-K-W-O-R-K-S dot I-O. Um, because then I always think if you take a peek at that, you'll be able to follow along with the conversation um, a little bit better. So you made it sound so easy. Let's take, let's take a step a step back, um, because I've always find it interesting when people like go to other countries to start these initiatives. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like in those first days when you went to South America and you were first getting the business started? Uh, sure, sure. So, well, the thing is, I'm originally, you know, I was born in Venezuela. I'm a Venezuelan and Spanish national. Uh, you know, my parents are. Uh, European and South American. So it's like, you know, I'm kind of used to that. I've lived there before. So initially it was a matter of geographical arbitrage, kind of like Jack Ma, Jack Ma of Alibaba. We can build Amazon just as well in China, you know, mm -hmm. but, uh, but, there, but, but we didn't want to take that tech transfer model. Rather, we just wanted to leverage, you know, the fact that it was affordable to build products at scale there and then use that to really compete with the best in the United States and Europe and then pave our own way in, ter in terms of building the future. So that's, uh, that's kind of what, uh, what we started doing. And what were the first products that you specialized in? So initially it was more sports and entertainment and advertising technology. So okay. a lot of taking um, you know, soccer teams, leagues and players mobile first, uh, integrating, uh, what we did was we would benchmark all the top performing features in social media. So chat walls and Instagram uh, you know, the infinity scrolls and Twitter, uh, you know, the filters on Snapchat and then the messengers and WhatsApp benchmark them and put them into super apps that we would then create uh, activations and brand sponsorships with these teams, leagues and players and, you know, own 50-50 the rights to monetize those users. Um, as a result of that, we then kind of built a very interesting domain expertise in business analytics, data analytics, and AI. And that kind of catapulted us into more interesting um, opportunities beyond that realm. So now we do second screen gaming and sports and entertainment. Uh, we'll do VR for, um, you know, everything from gaming to skills-based learning with AI and sensors, uh, all the way to payments using the blockchain to digitizing and tokenizing metals using the blockchain. Uh, yeah, all the way to social media platforms that are AR-based. So it's, uh, it's a little bit of everything. So I get so excited when I, I get to speak to somebody like yourself, because not only do you have this incredibly broad range of expertise and all of these things that your, your teams have done, you, you also sit, I think, at the precipice of, of looking forward to the future. And what's interesting to me is because I have the pleasure as we're having this conversation of looking at uh, your client list for some of your major clients and, and some of the projects that you've done. And I wonder at what point does a, a I want to say more of an average business owner, you know, somebody that's got a turnover of, you know, one to five million a year feel like that they're truly entering this kind of world that you're, you're talking about with VR applications and, and with other things. Are you seeing 
um, because like you said, you started in the entertainment and sports industry, but are you doing more and more work in the B2B space? Yeah, yeah. So we, we work with enterprises, but what we do, believe it or not now, is a lot of um, kind of either BB to C or BB to E. So we're kind of going with startups, partnering with them and building very disruptive technologies around, um, you know, around different areas where the end customer will be enterprise-based. So in this case, what we're doing is we're, you know, it, it's, it's typically, these are startups that are post-funding and have management teams and have already domain expertise in an existing uh, market with a strong founding team. And what we do is we add every aspect of the product, right? We co-invest in kind and we just add value together. Nice, nice, nice process. And, and again, you're very much, um, I know with all of these different digital platforms and applications that your team has launched, I always worry about patents and proprietary information. Mm -hmm. And if you have, I mean, you have the beauty of having such a huge um, full-time team and a lot of people also work with contractors. Can you tell me some about what your philosophy is or what your process is from ensuring that, you know, your proprietary in information is patented and trademarked? Yeah. So to be honest, I, I kind of uh, was very heavily involved in the um, IP world for, um, you know, about four years ago. I still, you know, nurture and keep those relationships. Um, but what I find is that in the space that I, you know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not speaking for pharma or more CapEx heavy, mm -hmm. you know, hardware or, um, you know, different, different uh, processes or methodologies. So right now we, we have very few patents, to be honest. Um, when it comes to software, I think that it's more about uh, execution than it is about barriers to entry, right? So I think, um, you know, your real barrier to ex entry is execution, excellence, and critical mass. So that's the quality of your product and how fast you can take it to scale. Okay, so I have to ask you, as a, as a tech yeah. geek, do you get more excited when you're working on blockchain products, projects, or are you more excited when you're working on IoT projects, or what makes you really excited now? Honestly, um, it's, it's more like more than the actual technology. I look at the business, right? So it's like what, uh, what has the potential for more scale, disruption. So I, I really, for instance, say, you know, I love IoT, obviously, you know, machine to machine, but blockchain has the potential to really create decentralized finance, um, you know, bring liquidity to traditionally illiquid asset classes, you know, especially right now with NFT, you're seeing it with collectibles, with art, um, decentralized finance, insurance. Uh, I think blockchain right now is what gets me most excited. I like the, the philosophy behind it. I, I, um, I like the potential. I think that, uh, it'll become ubiquitous probably in five to 10 years and it'll be, you know, like the internet is today. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, I hear so many people that are very interested in um, like social entrepreneur enterprises or in um, distributed entrepreneurship getting really excited about um, different things that are going to affect society in a major, a major way. And I, I think it sounds like you're in that camp for blockchain. Um, it, it's hard for everybody to get their head around, but I, I love how you say for us, it's for the average person, it's going to be similar to the way the internet is today. We'll all know everything we need to know. Um, 
Where, where else do you see technology going in the next five years? It, it really, it really depends. I think obviously the artificial intelligence will kind of also become ubiquitous. So, you know, it'll, it'll, you'll get, uh, you'll get maybe low code or no code and a lot of AI driving just about, you know, every process you can imagine. And it'll have both positive and negative externalities. So on one end, you'll have, you know, um, obviously a lot of people being laid off mm -hmm. and service and the services industry and retail and uh, logistics and freighting, you know, uh, maybe even entry level or mid level um, white collar jobs. At the same time, you'll have other jobs that are more high paying and maybe, you know, other, other forms of generating wealth. But you know, I think AI is going to drive our future. I think VR and AR will totally transform education. Um, and uh, upskilling, reskilling, um, and then the blockchain. I think will totally transform the capital markets, especially when we see you know the uh, the Wall Street bets uh, subreddit and what happened with, uh, with different hedge funds and the reaction um, from the traditional institutions to that. So I think we're gonna we're gonna see an interesting world coming up. And so we're we're doing this interview at the time that we're still unfortunately, sadly, living with the pandemic and the repercussions of the pandemic and still so many um, people out of work. But yet we also see that it has reset a lot of things or accelerated change that actually needed to happen. So are, are you in a position um, where you feel that we're going to look back at this stage and go, you know, actually a lot of good things happened in that time frame? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's, there's uh, it's a time of kind of suffering, a time of joblessness, a time of, um, it, it's obviously not a good thing, but at the same time, like you said, it's uh, to your point, it's a situation where a lot of secular trends that may have taken 10 years to materialize are not happening in two. Um, so yeah, I, I do think it's, it's accelerating the rate of change and kind of forcing us to embrace it a lot quicker than we normally would. So um you know, I think I think everything from education to the future of work, I think we might come to find a far more interesting and dynamic economy and reality um, post-COVID. Hmm. Interesting. So you were talking about you get really excited about uh, businesses that look like they're going to be disrupting and disrupting supply chains or bringing out new things. Are there any examples that come to come to mind? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right, as we were talking about before with uh, distributed finance, um, you know, in banking and insurance, I think that blockchain will totally change the infrastructure and architecture of the traditional capital market to provide people suitable alternatives uh, to raise money, to get loans, smart contracts, will remove a lot of middlemen that, uh, you know, that just increase transaction costs. I think that's that's one area that'll that'll be disruptive and all the way to real estate. You know, think about, you know, smart contract in terms of uh, closing costs, right? Mm -hmm. I do solve that with the smart contracts on the Ethereum or seller blockchain. So those are, those are other areas that I think will also be disruptive. Okay. So now I want to flip and talk to um, you about uh, being a business leader and your, your senior level team. Um, because you're all about a world that is, is lean and efficient and effective. With your, your global offices, um, how do you 
make sure that you have the right senior team and are driving the culture that you want for the business and for the brand all over the world. Big question. You don't have to give me a long answer, but just uh, give us some insight because that is a big task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I want to just, I guess, break it down a little um, and go maybe from uh, from the uh, so from forwards uh, all the way backwards. So um, uh, in this case, in terms of setting the culture, that's obviously you know how how me and my executive team want to do that. So we want to be very data driven. We're very focused not just on what makes us money now, but what'll be um, profitable and have a lot of growth potential in the future to set that culture, um, you know, in terms of how we position ourselves, we just like to position ourselves as, um, you know, an organization that even though, yeah, we do believe in lean philosophies and being efficient, we also believe in, you know, you can do good and do well at the same time. So, and we're trying to adopt more ESG focus with some new advisors and, uh, and yeah, I know it's, it's really, uh, like you said, it's all about the people I surround myself with. So, you know, HR is a huge part of, of what we do. It's, it's just, it's not an easy question at all. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. And where do you plan on growing next? I mean, how many, con- you've got 300 staff and, yeah. um, and I know, again, if we go to the website, we can see kind of where your core office locations are, but, but where's the future, Alejandro? Where do you plan on taking the company next? Yeah, so I think the, the future right now, well, what I plan to do is really um, make sure that our processes are, you know, very, are, are seamless. So kind of automate everything, make sure that the organization is scalable. And then I, you know, I'm considering, you know, a very interesting roll-up strategy, either Q4 or Q2 of next, or Q1 of next year. So the idea is to grow, um, you know, leverage this post-COVID or COVID world in areas that we know make sense. So everything from services companies in the internet space and the app space and the VR, all the way to VR, uh, to gaming and, and so on. So we're just kind of doubling down on what works, but making sure that we have the infrastructure to do so effectively. So do you have any words of wisdom or advice for other entrepreneurs or, or company founders out there as, as they're starting to, to build anything that you would tell them to um, watch out for, or definitely um, embrace as they're on their business building journey. Sure. So this might sound a little counterintuitive, right? But um, you know, the first one is if you don't have to raise money, don't raise money. Right? It's, it's a commitment that you end up annexing. Um, if you can bootstrap and raise money from a position of strength, if you even need to do so, then go ahead and do that. And the other one is, unless it comes from, you know, your CPA, your doctor, or your attorney, don't really take advice. You know, a lot of people are very quick to give advice and, you know, just kind of trust yourself, do your thing, do your research. And uh, yeah, just, just. Yeah, well, yeah. it's that motto of one, don't take advice from anybody who has less money than you. That's, that's kind of one. And don't take advice from people who have less responsibility or, 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 or knowledge. So I, I actually think those are, are great ones. And um, you know, the concept of, of not raising money until you can raise it from a position of strength is, is really great advice. Unless you're in something where you really need the money for production and manufacturing um, as part of your, your scale, um, if you don't, you know, like if you would die, if you didn't ra- r- rapidly scale, I think that's 
I actually think that's really um, great wisdom. Alejandro, you have all of these places you can travel in the world, all these places that you would like to go. Um, I'm just curious where you like to spend time the most. Um, well, pre-COVID, I used to love spending time in Argentina. Uh, Europe, I love Spain. You know, I love Madrid. Uh, London is a fantastic city. Uh, I miss living in New York. I lived in New York for 10 years. Uh, <laughs> there's really not much I can do there now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, now I'm, I'm really looking further east these days. You know, I'm looking to spend some time in Dubai and Singapore um, and maybe even move uh, a chunk of my operation there. That is fan. That's really fantastic. If people want to know more about the organization or to connect with you, tell them how they can do it. Yeah, absolutely. So you could um, visit obviously uh, www.shockworks, shockworks with a K, so no C, uh, .io, or you can even connect with me on LinkedIn, Alejandro Laplana, um, or just email me at alaplana at shockworks.io. Andrew Ponder, we appreciate you taking your time um, to share your wisdom, share your business story. I, I, I need to listen to the interview again just to decompress from everything that you said and all of the wonderful um, bits that you gave us about the business and technology. If our audience, um, if you heard something that interested you or you know somebody that would benefit from listening to this episode, please forward it to them. If there is a disruptive CEO that you think we should be speaking to, please email me at connect at allisonksummers.com. Until then, keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Alejandro, thank you again. Thank you so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.